This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Croissant, hello and welcome to Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham podcast brought to you by Red 10 People Development. You join us in a week that stormy weather gave a whole new meaning to the term summer rebuild. But rest assured, we've got all the fixtures and fittings to get you by for another week. I'm Rich Fay. I'm delighted to be joined, as ever, by Nathan Salt. How are you doing, mate? Great. I mean, delaying the podcast, never fun, but we had to. What a day we, we know our fixtures in the league, the Carabao Cup, the Papa John's Trophy, the EFL Trophy. I don't even know if it is the Papa John's anymore. Excited, excited stuff. It all feels real now, doesn't it? I mean, promotion, it was months ago, nearly two months ago, that Wrexham sealed it with that victory at home against Boreham Wood. Of course, Paul Mullen won National League goal the season for uh, for his first strike in that game. Was it the second goal, wasn't it, in that game? Oddly enough. Even the second goal. Was it even the best goal he scored in that game? And yet, it won goal of the season, which is, yeah, work that one out. But yeah, it, it's just felt like we've been waiting and as regular listeners of the podcast will know we've been saying for weeks now that we're waiting for something big to happen in the summer window we'll get on to transfers at the back end of the podcast but yeah it just all feels real now Nath and we can start plotting out those matches predicting where we're gonna you know win points where the league can be won and lost potentially some fantastic away days there and like you said the early rounds of the cup drawn as well and you just can't help it. I know there's the cliche, and if you want to sort of be a misery, you say, well, Wrexham have got to play everyone home and away. We knew that. You can boil it down to that and, you know, be be a bit old-fashioned, maybe, in those regards. But there is always going to be an element of excitement, particularly when so many of the games are fresh now. We've not played lots of these teams for some of them over a decade, some of them almost two decades. Some teams, okay, we've we've played quite recently, but it just all feels so brand new, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, I thought you subscribed to the old, we play everyone twice, it's no big deal. I mean, it's maybe someone I did back into an old podcast. Yeah, I did until about 8, 8 a.m. this morning, where we sort of got the fixtures sent for ourselves, and I was like, God, I'm getting excited for this. Right. It was, have it you put any work um, requests in yet yourself? Have you got any book- No, I've, 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 I've got to put my work requests in. You beat me to that. I've got, to, I've got to put my work requests in by Monday. It's a tricky one because... Obviously, I typically do a lot of away games. That's usually a mad, mad scramble. Um, but I feel like I've... It's also tricky there for the opening because you, I think you were the only person who was annoyed that we got promoted because obviously they're all Northwest away days now, aren't they? In terms yeah, now of that, that, we get one of those out of the way on the first away day and then you've not got many left. Yeah, that's right on my... That is right on my doorstep. So I hope I get a ticket to that. I spoke to someone at Wimbledon before and they were saying that they reckon maybe with Police Safety Advisory Group that... that Maybe it'd be a thousand or less tickets. You get the entire stand behind the goal. I hope that it's maybe twelve hundred, thirteen hundred, but you never know. I mean, Wrexham will be huge wherever they go. I was at work today. Wrexham were the top red story, the third best red story. Everyone wants to read about Wrexham as much as people fume about it. And um, Rich, I never thought I'd be looking and scrambling to find when we're playing Accrington solely because of you and solely because of that seven-minute bus journey or whatever it is. But a turns out it was actually a fifteen-minute bus. Yeah, a fifteen-minute bus in November in Accrington. What, yeah, immediate. It's, it's gone from 
it's gone from my most sort of treasured away day to if you're not doing the Champions League that night, I might have to give it a miss. But I, you know, I'm excited. I can't wait. I mean, Bradford away, Tramway away, Stockport away. There's just there's so many exciting ones. Doncaster away. I can't I can't wait. And we will get maybe into those in a minute. We've sort of made a list, haven't we, of the top ten matches that we think will be will be crucial for Wrexham in their return season back in the EFL. I guess best place to start though, Nate. It is one of the games we've listed. Opening day, MK Dons at home. Wrexham, of course, only dropped points once at home in the league last season. Only didn't win in two league ma- in two home matches in all competitions last season. So the only two times Wrexham didn't win at home last season in all competitions. Woking at home, Sheffield United at home. Both of those were draws. Wrexham's home form is formidable. I've never known a record quite like that, to be honest. MK Dons, recently relegated from League One. One of the biggest budgets, still a very big team in terms of League Two. It's going to be a fascinating, compelling opening fixture, that. I I saw somebody on Twitter, um, not a Wrexham fan, admittedly, another writer, put that it was the hardest possible game for Wrexham to start with. And I took that at face value and thought, okay, if that, that's the that writer's opinion. But also on the flip side, is it not the worst case scenario for MK Dons? I mean, last time, was it Graham Alexander in charge? Last time... Salford got absolutely thumped um, by was it Graham Barras Wrexham then five nil or whatever it was very memorable that one wasn't it five one there you go um, I'm not giving Graham Alexander any credit for that one goal there um, but you know all this stuff about that, it, just, a little tangent here yeah, most that really annoyed me I think I think we were five nil up and it was like in the ninety second minute Adam Rooney scored like a scuffed or deflected shot from outside the box and it went from five nil to five one it just put that little. Just took the edge off it ever so slightly, but we were all in the still, all it fever dream. So yeah, I I thought I have to admit before the fixtures were announced at nine, I was convinced that it was going to be Salford the opening day. I just thought that you know the way the broadcast could build up Neville and Co against Reynolds. And I Co. was convinced I that, it would be a not yeah. County rematch at home. That would have been that would have been popular, but also you know people there was a lot of fretting, wasn't there? I think myself included about. Is it going to get moved to the Friday championship in that slot? Relegated Southampton against Sheffield Wednesday is the sky pick well, Friday, so three o'clock kickoff. Yeah. yeah, I think it's an important uh, message sort of to Wrexham fans anyway is that Sky Sports have to sort of... Their coverage of the EFL is across all three tiers, so Championship, League One, League Two. So uh, over the course of a season, it is only usually a handful of, it, of League Two matches that ever get shown on TV. Most typically during the international break when Sky don't have the rights to all like the England fixtures, for example, and yeah, yes, they won't have the yeah. rights, you know, they won't have Premier League to show. So typically it'll be matches over the international break that are shown, but even then it'll be split between League One and League Two because the championship won't, won't, won't be taking place. So I do think that, you know, obviously there can be unforeseen circumstances, but as a general rule, most of those matches this season will be Saturday 3 pmers unless there's calories or adverse weather or whatever. But I can't see many of them being moved to TV because Sky hold the rights and most weekends that have Premier League football on. You know, it's, it's, it's also going to compete. Rich, you know, we were talking about that that bumper TV deal where they're going to show more games than ever. That is next season. That is 24, 25 and onwards. So I think that's when you're going to see hundreds of League 2 games and League 1 games. And that's where maybe we'll see Wrexham, if Wrexham manage to go up again, or even if they don't, Maybe that's where we'll see, a heck, you know, a, a ton more more movement in terms of slots. But I mean, on first look, MK Dons, I think, is a decent opener. I think they'll be in good nick. It's two good teams that are going to be right up there. And at home at the race course, surely Robin Ryan will be in town. Parky was quite coy on it when he was asked on Sky, would they be in town? I mean, surely they won't want to miss it back in the football league. And it'll be a it'll be a, a, a bonkers occasion. It'll be a raucous occasion. Yeah, I, I can't wait. It's got to be a real celebration, I think. And like you said, return to the Football League. Robin Ryan, I would fully expect to be there, at least one of them anyway, just because why would you want to miss out? It's got to be such a party atmosphere. And, and on the contrary as well, you mentioned there that it could typically be Wrexham's toughest game of the season. I'm very happy to get that out of the way on the first day of the season then. I mean, we'll get into the running later on, but I am quite happy that we do sort of get a lot of the big teams out of the way, sort of. Quite early on, you know, you you play MK Don's first day of the season, but I mean, in terms of the double headers, yes, we've got Stockport on the final day of the season, but it looks like quite a favourable 
sort of calendar where you you've got them spread out a bit. And if MK Dons is potentially the hardest fixture we play all season, albeit at home rather than away, I'm very happy for it to be out of the way on the first weekend because you know you you can drop points early on and there's a bit more mitigation. We look at what you know Stockport did last season; they had an awful start to the campaign, got their stuff together in in the tail end. I do think we're a very different case compared to them, but I think it is worth noting that you know. Yeah, just just take it for what it is a real gauge of how good we actually are as a team, and then we can really sort of get the ball rolling when it's a bit, you know, a few season, a few weeks into the season, then, and and you know what, Rich, what, what the competition is, Rich. What do you what did you make? Because I mean, you texted me this, and I hadn't fully processed it because I was at work and trying to do a few other bits. But is it five of the first eight games are at home, and this is before we even factor in the cup, which we'll get on to, but. You know, a lot of games at home to start and it's arguably a great opportunity to hit the ground running because I think with Stockport, they saw last season that it didn't go quite so smooth. The momentum quickly petered out, whereas I think for Wrexham, they've got a good chunk of games at home. You mentioned the home record already. I think there's a real opportunity to lay down an early marker across the first, was it, seven or eight weeks? Yeah, absolutely. I think in total it's... I, if you counter in, I think the Wigan game, it's six of the first tenner at home, which, you know, proportion-wise, you'd expect to be 50-50, 60-40 is not a massive sort of flick that way. But it is really interesting that we, we have certainly three of the first four home game uh, league games are at home. So that's a real opportunity there for Wrexham to, to get that momentum going and to, to lay those foundations, like you said. I mean, MK Dons will be difficult, but no disrespect. And you don't want to be the cocky new kid on the block, but... You look at what's it Walsall at home following that, you, you'd be quite confident of, of of taking points from that. And then Swindon at home as well, who are a good team, have some good players, but you'd still back Brexham to, to potentially be able to to win that one as well. So I do think Phil Parkinson will be looking at those first three games and targeting six or seven points. And I know you can say that's cocky, but Wrexham have to come into this league with a, a sense of arrogance. You have respect, but there's a difference, you know, between respect and respecting your opponents and, and being cocky. You can appreciate the challenge, but you've got to look at what you've got already. I, I can't imagine you ever being the cocky kid on the block, Rich, to be honest. in uh, I, I can't imagine it, but maybe you were. Maybe I've got you all mixed up. Maybe you, you've got the... It's it's refreshing, though, because you're normally... We had a, we had a quite a good dynamic worked out last season where you would be the voice of reason, the voice of some pessimism, and I was getting a little bit giddy. And now I feel like maybe I need to be the one that... Because um, l- looking at that today, I think it dawned on me... Wrexham are great and they've got great players and they've got a great squad and they'll be right up there and we'll do our full one to one to uh, top to bottom predictions um, before the start of the season on one of these podcasts I'm sure um, but there are some good teams in there aren't there Rich you know I'm, I bet Parky was looking at it going when's Bradford when's Gillingham when's Mansfield I mean when's Salford there's some there's, there's some good teams in there Knox County and um, and maybe we yeah. just need to and there's always the mitigation isn't there yeah. Well, yeah. mitigation always that there's always got to be a well-run club. You think of when Atkinson won the league or got promoted a couple of years ago, three, four years ago, was it? John Coleman. And they were just a really, they were just really well-run club. They didn't have the, the most resources. They didn't maybe have the best personnel, but they were just really well-run. And you've always got to mitigate for, for a team like that as well. And it, it is interesting because the purport, like just, you know, percentage-wise, you're more likely to get promoted from League 2 than the National League because there's free automatics and the playoffs. So there's a lot more opportunities to get promoted, but there is also maybe a greater pool of teams who can actually go and do it. Whereas last season, there was only two teams that could have won the National League. This season, five or six. I think I even saw a quote from Nigel Clough who said he reckons there's 16 teams out of 24 who he reckons could get promoted. So he's saying there's only eight teams that he wouldn't be who he'd be surprised if they went up. So it's going to be a bit of a reality check. There's going to be a lot of tough games there. We're probably going to overlook a new rivalry or a a set of fixtures that proves to be pivotal in the National League season. But myself and Nate have drawn up a list of of what we consider to be the sort of ten biggest games. And as we said there, I'll start with the first half of the season. Nate, you talk us into maybe the the tail end of the campaign. We started off MK Dons at home. Obviously, speaks for itself. Next up, we put Stockport away. That is going to be a really interesting one. Obviously, Wrexham lost there last time they played in the National League. Did do the double over them at home, though. Think of the FA Trophy semi-final and that game. The penultimate match for Wrexham of the National League season when they when they didn't go up. And then there's a, a spell 
further on in the season. When you look ahead to October, in the space of a week, Wrexham plays Salford at home and Bradford away. We've put both of those fixtures in the uh, the five fixtures, uh, the top ten fixtures to watch because that is going to be a real test. That's the first, maybe looks like one of the first proper tests of Wrexham's squad depth and particularly at that stage of the season in October, you know, the pitches are starting to show signs of wear as are the players. And then we've also put on our on our first five of the season, Brad, obviously after Bradford away, is Gillingham at home only another two weeks after that, which is the first home match in November, that's Saturday the 11th. Gillingham are a team who are they they went viral, didn't they, this week? Because they've everyone noticed that their badge has the nickname Jills written on the on the crest of the animal that's on that's on their on their badge. But they are a team who've got a lot of money. We've seen uh, Johnny Williams uh, sign for them, as we mentioned on last week's podcast as well. They are going to be a team to watch. So yeah, that's the the first five fixtures for us to watch out for. Nave is a lot more as well uh, in the back. And yeah, so I mean. I mean, you've taken us there to November the 11th. I mean, look, you could keep going on through. I mean, if you just quickly, before I get into my picks, I mean, look at running out November, you've got um, the Richfade Derby away at Accrington. Uh, Morecambe, who I saw were tipped to go down by a supercomputer, whatever they are. I've only got a very, a very regular computer, but there's a lot of supercomputers about Edsip and Morecambe to go down. We've got them at the race course, and Harrogate also tipped to go down. But I'm going to skip ahead to where am I going to go to? I'm going to go all the way to February the 17th, um, my mum's birthday of all, so in advance, I'm sure my mum will be thrilled for this one, race course at home against Notts County. Now, I'm not sure whether it can live up to the billing, the, the Ben Foster drama, the penalty save. I hope it, well, I mean, it worked in our favour. I hope it's not that stressful this time around, but that is going to be a big game. You know, you know that those two teams are going to be up there again. We've seen Notts go and get David McGoldrick, Wrexham, I mean, we'll get onto it later, but Parky was talking about moves. They've contacted some players at certain clubs that are still under contract. Notts County at home is going to be A, a great occasion, and B, just a very, very good football match again. Luke Williams and Phil Parkinson round two. From there, I've got away the following game. So February the 17th and then February the 24th, Gillingham away. Now, again, at this point in the season, you know, we're talking about playing Gillingham in November. We'll, know, we'll have a lot better idea, Rich, at this point. February 24th, the kind of shakeout. Who is in the mix? Are you a playoff team? Are you mid-table mediocrity? Are you a legitimate top three contender? Notts County and Gillingham for my money, not to spoil my predictions coming up, but they're both going to be in that top tier uh, bracket. From there then, big old derby. I'm sure this was one that people were circling quickly. March the 16th, Tramay Rovers at the race course. Now, if you were an early listener to the podcast when we had our old intro and we're working on a new intro but when we had our original intro a lot of it was rich fake commentary and rich who was it now connor jennings scoring a penalty was that against chester or was that against Tranmere? maybe i've maybe i butchered it and got it I wrong that but... was against chester actually that was the three nil where uh, hayden jackson robbie evans and connor jennings scored well connor jennings, I think connor jennings some... he's gone back to Tranmere, hasn't he this week so there, 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 there's yes. my link there's my link to a butchered link but Trammy Rovers, it's one of them where that is... I saw we put out a post before on, on Twitter, Rob Ryan read, about derby games. And I asked you to include Stockport. And somebody was moaning that Newport were in there, so that's not a derby. But Tramir is definitely a derby. That's always a bit spicy. I think back to the yeah, well, away game. Yeah, Newport's got that nasty edge, hasn't it? You're right, you know? right. It's got Tramir's nasty edge to it, and we need revenge. Tramir is maybe the, mo- mo- the closest thing to a pure derby is... That it is England versus Wales. There is a real sort of nastiness. I remember there was a Tuesday night game. I think we drew two all at the Kairas. And I remember so many police helicopters before the match. I remember the town being locked down. It would have been six or 7,000 attendants then, you know, considering we had no fans before the takeover. That's quite impressive. Right. And, you know, I think it was two all. I think Robbie Evans scored, or maybe we lost two one. I can't quite remember. Well, I but, mean, Rich Paul Moore. And of course, there was. For that. It'd be yeah, bang up. Of course he would. I mean, again, it'd be bang up. Yeah. Oh, it'd be bang up for that. Connor Jennings on the other side would be bang up for it. it. That's got all the hallmarks of, with what is it, seven games to go at that point? That's going to be an absolute classic and must be there. Then we head into April now. Easter Monday. Now, Easter Monday this season, just gone, was Notts County. So, again, can we live up to the billing? Doncaster away. One of the ones that I was circling before the season. Eager to do. You know, new ground for me. I've never been there in terms of ticking off the night to... Easter Monday, 
I mean, in Doncaster of all places, I'm not sure what Doncaster's like. I'm not sure if it's the most glamorous place in the world. It probably isn't, but either way, I'm hoping to be there. Surely will be. And then to round us out, 10th game that could define our season. Stockport at home, April 27th, the last day of the League 2 season. That, I mean, that is already, that's probably sold out already before they've sold a ticket. I mean, that is going to be the hottest ticket in town again, isn't it? That that could be... And that could be a battle for the title. That could be battle for t- that could be anything. But those two teams are going to be neck and neck. You feel for the rest of the season. I mean, that's a pretty could good list. Honor for one team, couldn't it? Cool. Oh god, I'd, I'd hate the idea of giving a guard of honor to uh, the hey, team. That is just yeah. let's enjoy the ride. Gotta be done. You've got to be done. Be done. Let's, let's not worry about guards of honor. But Rich, what do you think? Those those ten games, they feel like the the key ones. Yeah, certainly at this stage of. You know, of the preseason schedule, maybe there'll be another team that that rises up. And we've seen the last two campaigns that Wrexham have always had these forced rivalries. You know, the Stockport one, Notts County last season, not long-term traditional rivals of Wrexham, but teams who become our arch nemesis for for one season. I did predict on on last year's podcast, and I'm gonna do it again now. Anyway, I I can see a situation where it's like Wrexham versus Bradford for the title, and we have a new sort of rivalry. So, who knows? Watch your space, eh? That's maybe one of my bold predictions. And if you've got any bold predictions and you're watching this on YouTube in particular, leave them in the comments below so we can see it. Maybe we'll have, like, a, a bad predictions amnesty if we want to make some bold calls ahead of the new season. A, a safe we've, space where you can see Yeah, we've got, we've, so we've, we've, got, we've got to do... We'll do our 1-24, to 24 and when we release that, give us your give us your yeah your hot takes and, and kind of what you think is going to be because I'm going to be honest, last season, I can't remember whether I said it on the podcast or tweeted it, I had Torquay United to be my dark horses for promotion, and of course they got relegated. So that aged, uh, whatever the opposite of fine wine is really bad. Who my dark horses were? I feel like you said Woking, and that was... Uh, yeah. I did, I don't... I, and that was a good one, that was a good pick. I was just trying to be yeah. a hipster, a bit different, you know, I was trying to be... Uh, a little bit different, it backfired on me. So this season, I'm going to leave my bold predictions for... But I'm not going to go Bradford for the title. I'm going to go somebody else uh, when it comes to it. So um, keep your eyes peeled. And yeah, let us know in the comments what you think for our top 10 games and what which games you think are the most important. Nafe, not just league fixtures then, EFL trophy draw was completed. We knew earlier in the week it would be Crewe and Port Vale. Um, it's regionalised in the group stage and even then it's regionalised even further so that you're playing teams to minimise travel, minimise um, or maximise the rest sorry, for players and minimise the fatigue levels there. We've also been drawn against Newcastle under-21s. Interesting, fascinating. It'll be obviously they'll be at home. It's just a, a caveat here that all the under twenty one teams have to play away in the competition. So Wrexham will be at home against Newcastle and twenty ones. They will also have one home game either against Crew or Port Vale. The corresponding fixture for one of those will be away. Three games in the group stage. Then you go to the round of sixteen quarterfinals, a two legged semi final, I believe. Maybe even just a one legged semi final, and then the final at Wembley as well. They will all be midweek games as well the EFL trophy so when we get on to it I mean we didn't really mention it uh, previously on the league fixtures there's only seven league fixtures that are midweekers that's because the bulk of it is EFL trophy and the Carabao Cup for League 1 and League 2 teams so you know that will be the opportunity to rest players it means there's only going to be seven instances where we might have to play the same team from the weekend in midweek how would you approach the EFL trophy then Nate? it's a competition Wrexham have famously won before when it was the LDV Vans trophy back in 05 is it a competition you're bothered about in particular or do you think it should be almost treated like the FA Trophy last season where we we use reserve players and youngsters yeah you know what I'm like I'm greedy I want to win everything but I want to win League 2 more um, and I want to give the Carabao Cup a go we'll get on to that shortly but you know for me you've got to play You've got to play Scott Butler. You've got to give game time. I'm not saying put out a, a whole team of Butler, Cushion, Bickerstaff if he's still at the club, that kind of thing. You need a mix. Use it for players who, you know, we've got great depth at the minute. So, you know, if if um, Andy Cannon maybe hasn't played, hasn't started for the for the previous three games, 
I mean, it's what second game of the season, or that's the Carabao Cup, isn't it? But the EFL trophies early on in in the campaign. Maybe there's some players that haven't got enough minutes under their belt, need a bit of extra game time. Forms an amazing thing. You get that, and suddenly, you know, you're you're will be you feel on top of the you know on top of the world. And um, I I think look Newcastle under twenty ones. I'd be interested to see what they're about because you've seen plenty of United's under twenty ones. And I just wonder the physicality in that game, what that's going to be like in men's football for them. Crew, my immediate thoughts were there's a great chippy next to the ground near the away end. And Port Vale, I once did an investigation while I was at university um, into their into their dis- disabled facilities um, and why it wasn't totally accurate on an EFL document. Um, and so I don't actually know whether I'm even allowed back to, to Port Vale because they were very angry at me at the time for doing that. Um, investigations. I have no idea if I'm allowed back to Port Vale, but I, I think if fans have the choice, probably Port Vale away as the away game and crew at home. I think Port Vale is a you know it's been a while, and I know there's been some uh, unsavoury scenes there in the past, but I think that'd be one where people would make an exception to get there um, on a on a Tuesday night more so than crew. I think there's also a little quirk here in the. Newcastle's under-21s qualify for the tournament because they are one of 16 Premier League teams with the, like, what is it, first, the top-class academy top status. So, yeah, right, right, top status of the academy. But the quirk of it is that Newcastle's academy isn't actually very good at the moment. I'd probably expect that to be overhauled as part of the takeover in the years to come. But right now, Newcastle's academy wasn't very special. So it's getting reformed this summer, so this won't be totally accurate going forward. But basically... For elite teams, their their youth teams play in the Premier League 2. So under-21s, you play in the Premier League 2. There's two divisions of that. Top flight is 14 teams. Bottom flight is 11 teams. Newcastle finished 8th out of 11 teams in the second tier of Premier League 2 football. So they are, what, 22nd out of 26 teams? You know, in terms Rich, of what ca- category? So, Rich, but, what's what's the standard like for for Premier League two, but the top division? Like, what what would you say that is comparable to, or is it impossible to compare to any of the men's league? I'd say I'd say the best teams are maybe sort of League Two standard, right? In terms of in terms of, I'm I report on Man United as a day job, so I can sort of reflect on on where they've got. They've been in the um, the EFL Trophy a few years now. I think it's four or five seasons they've competed in it. They have never got to the quarterfinals. They've had, they've they've traditionally sort of won against. I'm trying to think of Man United. That I remember them thrashing Salford one year, and they had a season when they, I went to watch them and they beat Bradford away, and you know there's been some good results. But the teams they've exited against have never been that special either. They lost three two away at Accrington. They lost three two away at Tranmere to get knocked out. And last season. Man United under-21s lost 4-0 away to Bolton Wanderers, who went on to win the competition. So I'd say that the best the best under-21 teams can compete with the top end of League 2, but maybe not every week. You know, they've got those performances, they've got some very special players. So you might look at the table and say, wow, Newcastle under-21s look amazing. But truth be told, I wouldn't be surprised if they finished rock bottom of, of that group, maybe even third. I, I'd still expect... You know, depending on how the, the the football league teams treat themselves, them to, to both qualify really, but you can all, all, almost get distracted. And from a work point of view, I was hoping it would be either United or City, so I could you know cover Wrexham for my job, and that would have been the dream. But Newcastle, you know, they're a big name, they're a glamorous team. It'll be players you've never heard of, maybe on both sides there at the, at the race course on a on a Tuesday night. And that'll either be August, September, or October. We've we've put so, the dates on social media if you want to check them. But I'm not. Who, expect- who would you play? Who would you play then in that kind of? T- if you're Parky, if if well, I'm shall I read you out the criteria then? So basically, you can, please. Every 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 EFL team competing in the paint trophy, as as we call it, or Papa John's, whatever you want to call it, they must play a minimum of four qualifying outfield players. So, to wholesale changes, you could play seven players who have never played for Rex before, youngsters, proper youngsters who have no experience whatsoever. But there's four players who have to be experienced to some degree. To 
to qualify as a qualifying player, and these are outfield players, by the way. So I've, I'm a bit disingenuous there. It's six players. You, you can play any goalkeeper. So you could technically have seven players who have never really played. But there's four who have to be somewhat experienced. If you're going to qualify under that category, you either have to be a player who started the previous first team fixture. So if Wrexham are playing Newcastle under 21s, they could they need to maybe play a player who started the previous game against, let's say, for example, Sutton at home or something. So a first-teamer. Or you can be any player who is in the top 10 players at that club for starting appearances that season. So again, someone who's experienced. This is the the other quirk here. This is where I think Wrexham might look to use the rule. Any player at the club with 40 or more first-team appearances in their career. So, I'm looking at the likes of Rob Layton and Gold, Mark Howard and Gold. I know the goalkeepers don't count, but that's an example. Bryce Hazana will have 40 appearances, senior appearances in his career. Luke Young will have 40 senior appearances in his career. Sam Dolby would have 40 senior appearances in his career. Billy Walters would have 40 senior appearances in his career. You see... They're right. fringe players, and Wrexham have lots of fringe players who would qualify under those rules. Max Cleworth would qualify. He's played 40 senior appearances in his, in his career. So even your experienced players cannot necessarily be the most experienced or, or senior players in your squad anyway. So there, there, there's ways around that rule. And then any player on loan for a Premier League club or an EFL Category 1 academy as well. We already know that Phil Parkinson doesn't really see any value in bringing loan players in. Interesting, he might look at it towards the end of the window if there's a position we want to just strengthen, but Wrexham, I cannot imagine him in any circumstance bringing in a loanee who's going to start because Wrexham's whole transfer strategy is on buying players who can go up the leagues with us, who can be part of this project, who can buy into it, and we get them three-year contracts. Loanees contradict that, and there's no longevity or long-term planning, so... I can't really see him being in the loan market. No, too heavily. I can't. I, I can't see him. I can't see him doing that. I was thinking, though, what links have we got to Newcastle? And I was thinking, okay, Elliot Lee is obvious. His dad probably played there. Alan Shearer, you know, he's. I think Elliot Lee's best mate is Will Shearer, Alan's son. But also, Ben Tozer started his career, or one of his first clubs was Newcastle. And I remember there was a story I might have told on the podcast before where he moved into a flat. I don't know how old he was at the time. Still a teenager. Moved from Plymouth up to Newcastle, and they put him in a, an apartment. I'm sure the, sure the club were paying for the apartment, but they didn't give him much help. So he went to set up a Skybox, and he was too young to get a subscription out for Sky. So someone from the club had to um, install him Sky, and he was paying the club for a Skybox, um, which is just very funny. And the, the the realities of being a young footballer away from home. Um, but yeah, I can't imagine would see Elliot Lee. But you know what? I bet Elliot Lee with with the Newcastle link, and he's still a massive Newcastle fan. He was at was it Tranmere away last season? I'm sure Newcastle played Tranmere, and he went. Um, and I'm sure Elliot Lee will be there in the stands watching the lads, even if he isn't involved. But that is good that you brought that up because I didn't know all those little quirks and rules. So 40 appearances isn't huge, isn't a huge number, but it means we can't just put out, you know. Uh, but what I would say as well is I'd, I would like to see a, a Dan Davis who we hear a lot about, you know, a kind of, um, you know, Aaron James or some of these. You, you'd like to see them on the bench involved, given a little bit of time, because otherwise, when are they going to get any minutes? So let's hope that we storm the group with a game to go and we get to use some of these younger players and give them valuable minutes, even if it is, you know, against under 21s. And Rich, I guess... It'll be really interesting to see what kind of ticket incentives there are for that one or, or what kind of attendances we'll get because there's so much intrigue in Wrexham nowadays that I, I can imagine even some of the cup games are getting decent-sized crowds. Absolutely. I mean, you look at some of the... Yeah, just look back at last season. First rounds of the FA Cup, for example, or you look at the FA Trophy, typically at home, traditionally, they wouldn't really get too much... So attendance-wise, you maybe have one stand open. I remember covering Wrexham games where the stadium was a shell. There's no one really there. I remember when we lost to Gainsborough Trinity at home in the FA Cup qualifying round. I remember when we were in the Scottish Cup. I remember FA Trophy games against Rushwell Olympic and Solihull Moors, you know, where there was hardly anyone there. They would have maybe barely been over a 1,000 fans, but 
for lots of supporters, the only opportunity to watch Wrexham next season might be by watching us in the EFL Trophy or watching us in maybe the Carabao Cup of those tickets aren't picked up because they won't be included in, in season ticket prices. So it's going to be really interesting to see. And I think that will be the true gauge really as well of, of the Wrexham takeover and how popular we are that Wrexham could be selling four or 5,000 tickets for a game against Newcastle under-21s. And again, even the EFL Trophy, because previously fans have boycotted that. You know, lots of fans are against B teams and Premier League teams using traditional competitions to give their youngsters a challenge. Because I cover so much youth football at Man United and sort of Man City as well, I understand from the elite clubs why it's so beneficial for them. This is the, the first opportunity for so many youngsters to play proper men's football, proper competitive football against players who are, who are playing for a mortgage, essentially. And, you know, it can be a huge reality check and it really does sort the wheat from the chaff for, for the elite clubs. But traditionally, lots of teams have, have objected against it. And of course, as you mentioned last week, Sean Harvey was a big sayer in, in getting those sort of restructures of the competition pushed through. And, you know, it was a, a, had a big say in revamping it all. It was sort of his brainchild, I, I believe. So... It's going to be interesting to see how Wrexham fans take to it. And I think that while a certain demographic will maybe still boycott it or certainly maybe not actively boycott it but have no real interest in it, for lots of young, for lots of people and people who haven't been able to watch Wrexham, it will be a good opportunity. So, yeah, really interested to see how it works. And like you said, interested to see if there's a more affordable ticket structure in place to, to get people through the doors. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with muck delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Rich, the other one then, the Carabao Cup. It's been a busy old day. Every competition was getting drawn. Carabao Cup, this one had a bit more intrigue because we'd already known about Crew and Port Vale and that was just the draw the, in the EFL trophy for the under-21 team, which turned out to be Newcastle. Carabao Cup draw, you were on duty for that. I was uh, on the underground, no signal, no service, expecting to come back to maybe Leeds, Leicester, Southampton, uh, one of these big one of these big guns, Sheffield Wednesday maybe. The reality was very different. Who did we get? Wigan. The Ticks. Wigan. The Ticks. Uh, all I can think of with Wigan is, A, the kid that says, of the Ticks that went viral. The guy who created the Will Griggs on Fire song and got a free season to get out of Wigan. And, I mean, they are in a financial mess. That's not really know. I know we've left South End behind and they were in their own mess, but Wigan are in real disarray you know they are in in dire straits and i mean they they need they need a cut run really if you're if you're going to look at it in, in one sense they need these cut runs to generate some funds so it isn't a team plus they got the league cup final 2006 didn't they lost to man united won the fa won, oh, won the fa cup what when was the fa cup win 2011 or 2013 city 2013 there you go and then they got to the semi-finals uh, the, the following year as well having knocked man right city so out. again but it doesn't have much glamour, does it, Wigan at home? Uh, do you see that as... Wigan away, I would have... Win- and- yeah. It's just that we've waited so long to have these new away days. And I love the Kairos. There's nothing like a home game. But we will have had... You know, we'll have a lot at the start of the season. I know we're whinging that maybe there weren't any pre-season friendlies planned for, for the UK at this stage. But we... We'll be very familiar with the site of the race course, those of us lucky enough to have season tickets in those, in those first few weeks. And yeah, I was just hoping it was as the draws coming out and we got to the final four and, you know, it's Wigan, Sunderland or Crew. And I was like, 
you know, I don't have any of those away from home. Even crew, I know it's saying league and well, we're a bit bored of playing them by the end of the campaign. But yeah, why not? Second game of the season, crew away, be great. But then Wigan at home, it's just a bit meh, isn't it? And this isn't being disrespectful, but it reminds me of the FA Cup last season where we'd sort of all got in our heads we were going to get Liverpool or United or City or Arsenal or someone and we got Coventry and then we got Sheffield United. Two fantastic championship clubs who were right at the top end. You know, Coventry just missed out on penalties and Sheffield United have been promoted to the Premier League, but I was dreaming of Leeds away, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I, I mean, I've I've done Southampton many a time. That's always a good trip. St Mary's, um, Leicester, you know, that would have been... There was a few. Leeds was the one which would have been ideal. It's not to be. What I forgot so, about until it came up my hat was Blackburn away. Yeah. That is that is literally another 10 minutes for me now. And that would have been... I, I, I went to Blackburn many moons ago when Steve Keane was in charge and the Venkies were... I don't even know if Venkies are still, still owned Blackburn. Maybe they do, but um, when it was very much in the heyday, I think they had Roque Santa Cruz up front. So I'm sure Blackburn is a very different operation now from the days of making David Don pose with a bucket of chicken in the dressing room for an advert um, and Roque Santa Cruz up front with his Louis uh, Louis Vuitton bag on arrival. So, yeah, Blackburn would have been great. Um, but not to be... I, I think, Rich, you've got to look at it and go, Wrexham away is not a game that people would have wanted, less so Wigan. Max Power. I think it'll be a lot like... Linked to... I think it'll, yeah, I think it'll be a lot like these cup games last season where and then, Wigan... But if you get Wigan through, though... Wigan did not want Wrexham away. They did not. No, but if you get away. if you get through, you you got Premier League like non-European Premier League teams, like twelve teams or something. Um, well, Chelsea and you know, Chelsea. Oh, Tottenham's new stadium would be there. I mean, we we were so close to that last time with Sheffield United. We were last, you know, an equaliser away from from getting that. So maybe maybe we'll finally get it. But I think Wigan is. You have to say Wigan is winnable, and that EFL Trophy Group is winnable. Obviously, at this point, we, we don't know the, the makeup of the squads and injuries and all that, but so early in the campaign, those are very winnable matches. Also, as well, I think it is important to to say, I do think we'll approach the Carabao Cup as we did the FA Trophy in Parky's first season of, you might as well give it a go. I don't think we'll just fob it off to one side because why not? You know, we're not guaranteed to get promoted from League 2. I know that's the ambition, but if we didn't go up first season, that wouldn't be a total, total disaster. It would be, okay, we, we build and go again the next year. And then maybe that season you you disregard all cup competitions. You might as well give him a go on the, on the first attempt. And Phil Parkinson is the cup expert. You know, He got League 2 Bradford to the Carabao Cup final 2014, 2013, was that? I, when I they think beat. so, and they played, they played Swansea, right? In the final. And they got absolutely tonked in the final, but they beat Aston Villa in the semis, you know, over two legs. They they were incredible. And of course, the season after they knocked Chelsea out, it was it Jose Mourinho's first home defeat yeah. Chelsea manager. That, lost four that was to Bradford. That was wild. Who's who's the striker? John Stead, is it? Or John Stead. That, yeah. I've got an image of just John Stead, and they scored an absolute belter, I think, from the edge of the area to make it 4 2. Maybe I need to go back on YouTube and watch it, but that was. Yeah, Parky is a cup expert, isn't he? And of course, he'll be able to love the cup. cup run. And it's Wrexham. We are. I know. I know. We, everyone hates us. That's that's not us. But <laughs> you just wouldn't want to come to the Kairos and players, especially not when you're Wigan, who are in financial turmoil. You know, I really hope that that's resolved and that those issues are are sorted out. But there's a lot of negativity. They are almost the polar opposite of Wrexham. We've got so much to be happy about and. We've been in their situation before and it's horrible. I really do sympathise with their supporters, but as much as a cup run can be that escapism for them, it's only the second game of the season, so they will be trying to win it and we can maybe pile the misery on, which we've got to be ruthless and, and, and look to do so. And from Wigan's point of view, they've just been relegated. They've got so much turmoil at the moment that Wrexham away is the last thing they want, you know, second game of the season, so... Yeah, bring it on from a Wrexham point of view. Bring bring it on. Like you said, we're in it. We might as well try and win it. Well, Rich, some familiar faces then in the Wigan team, none more so than defender Curtis Tilt. I mean, fond memories of him from his time at... Well, I mean, he was he was good for us, wasn't he? I mean, he was not a, not a bad player by any stretch of the imagination. Staggered that he went on to play in the Championship, to be honest. like He, he was just one of those centre-backs who... He, he, you, you were impressed by him because he always ran up the pitch with the ball. 
It's like when Blaine Hudson yeah, I was pretty good. marauding runs. Right. I was impressed, but it was like, you're a centre-back. I want you to be defending. And that Wrexham team was dreadful. Bear in mind, that was the second season of Gary Mills where everything went, you know. God, that was bad. It was crazy. He ripped up the team. So and that was, it was crazy. You know, yeah, Kurt Still, I think, at the time he was like he was in a very difficult Wrexham team, but he did manage to stand out, which which says a lot and interesting to see. Yeah, the set and Ben Amos. Is he ex Man United? Ben Amos, ex Man United. Will Keane, ex Man United. Well, the Chesterfield, Chesterfield have just gone and signed. Chesterfield have just gone and signed Tom Naylor, which is an unbelievable signing for for the National League. Stephen Corker, I mean, is he an ex England international? I feel like he's been capped for England. Yeah, definitely been former Liverpool player as well, wasn't he? Former former Liverpool and Mac. And you mentioned him there, Max Power. God, do you wonder if yeah, say that say that Parky said today that some of the names that have been linked are legitimate and there is genuine interest. Let's just say for argument's sake, Max Power is one of those players. Surely Wigan don't cave now before the second game of the season when the windows open until September the first or whatever it is. Surely not. Yeah, it writes itself, doesn't it? If he plays in that game for Wrexham, and you know it's again Nick Powell who will probably get onto shortly as well, former Wigan player. So there's a lot of interest. It's like when it's like I I still can't get over that we let Jake Hyde play as part of his loan agreement with Southend, and then he scored and it was off, it was ruled offside and it was very contentious. I still can't go over that. Um, but yes, so some familiar faces there for Wigan. I mean, we'll get into it nearer the time, but I'm going to say that that is very winnable. Bring on the Carabao Cup, I say. I mean, you may as well go for it. It's that early in the season. You don't need to be worried about... Because Rich, finally, on, on Cups, you know, I was eager to pro- keep progressing in the FA Cup, and I know people were saying it actually could be a blessing in disguise in the way we went out, albeit disappointing, but we had so many games, didn't we, with the running, and it was so nip and tuck with Notts County, but... I mean, realistically, Wrexham are not going to win the Carabao Cup. I, I, I'm sorry to say that. Shoot me for that. But um, it will almost certainly be won by Man City or Liverpool or Man United or something like that. But Wrexham can get through the first few rounds without it getting into any kind of crunch time in the league. Yeah. Yeah, of course they can. And like you said, it's, it's not a distraction necessarily to start, is it? You no. might as well take it. There's so much momentum. We've got a big enough squad. Players will still be sort of playing for fitness a bit at that stage you see as well it's before you really sort of hit your momentum and yeah it'll be the first game as well under the new floodlights won't it Tuesday night against Wigan so God. what's you got your sunglasses ready to love? You, got, you got your sunglasses ready they're going to be even brighter I mean I did literally buy a new pair of sunglasses today so did you I didn't even I, I didn't even um, say I don't think recently after the Kings of Leon gig did you see the, the lights they can do like light shows on those lights they're yeah. that special they're that techie um God, we're going to be like that Brighton game where you went and you were cursing in the press box. I was cursing, yeah. yeah. Cursing the light show. We've become everything I hated, but uh, watch the space. We'll see. <laughs> as long as the Rexham are winning, I will tolerate a light show, let's put it that way. Nathan, finally on this week's podcast, transfers. Uh, Phil Parkinson, as you alluded to earlier, has refused to comment on individuals, but he admitted we get linked with a lot of players. Some have got an element of truth. Some haven't got any at all. We are working hard behind the scenes to add quality and we are looking at several options. But like I've stressed before, we won't be making signings just for the sake of it. And just to say we've completed a signing. We don't need to do that. And we're going into preseason with a good squad already. Of course, you know, Wrexham being heavily tipped to be at the top end of League Two. But the, the noises from, from the club are certainly that there are there is no rush to sign players, as, as Parky said. And there's even a feeling, I think, that Wrexham could start the season with no signings and they wouldn't be too bothered internally because they, they, they have got a strong enough starting eleven. Of course, we'd like to add to that cherry pick three or four new faces. Ben Foster signing was a huge part of Wrexham's summer rebuild. But I do sense that there's no rush and Wrexham are in a position now where there's going to be a Wrexham tax on players because people know we've got a hell of a lot of money, but we don't have to rush into the business. And there's no point signing a player just to keep fans happy. You know, the, the recruitment department have proven already since they've been at the club that they know what they're doing. So I guess the boring reality is we've just got to wait and see and you know first day of the season there might not be any debuts there might not be any new faces 
Oh, well, I, a part of me hopes there is, because it's always very exciting. And Elliot Lee coming on for that cameo against Eastley was one of my favourite moments of the season. It, you know, the the Oli Palmer back heel and Elliot Lee curling it in. I remember seeing Jacob Mendy stood on the sideline about to come on and sort of doing a little jig and jumping off the ground and uh, Parky sort of patting him on the back. It was just great. Um, I've got, I love that. I've got, kind of got a clip of that on my phone. Um, yeah, I love that, love that moment. But yeah, you never know. I mean, you look at it and go, Wrexham could have Foster... Uh, Mendy, Tonicliffe, Toza Hayden, or O'Connell, Toza Hayden. Um, and then Barnett, you could have O'Connor, who's been in the headlines all week. Um, O'Connor, Lee, and Cannon, or Davis, or Young, or James Jones. Plenty of options in midfield. And then you could have, you know, Moen, Palmer, Moen, Dolby, uh, Moen, Moen, and probably one of me or you, and we'll still be all right. We've got Paul Moen. Um, and then, and then that seems absolutely fine, and and it is right there and able to compete. But undoubtedly, I mean, Park, you, you said it there. You read out some of his, his quotes. I mean, they've approached people under contract. They are eager for some moves. I think Nick Powell. That's been one that's done the rounds. Some talk that that's advanced. I mean, I'm not totally sure myself on that. Um, but I think there's definitely some sort of interest. Do you know that Powell is a financial advisor himself? He might be advising that they give him a bit more money. Well, I was going to say, given the contract he was on at Stoke, around sixteen grand a week, fair play to him. I think he knows how to advise people on what money to give him and what money to not give him. Um, in other news, in other kind of full circle Wrexham financial news, do you see that Aaron Hayden was getting advice recently from Dean Furman? Now, if anyone listens, to, if anyone's a long-time listener, you remember that Dean Furman was a trialist with Wrexham uh, alongside David Jones and Parky had to basically pick one veteran. He went with David Jones and, uh, you know, Jones has become a key asset on the coaching side, at least. Didn't play that many games for us, but, you know, was coach of the, the, the team out for the TST. And you can go back and listen to that podcast if you if you missed all the TST uh, drama. But, you know, yeah, Dean Furman now working in financial advice. So I don't want this to turn into a financial advice podcast, but Nick Powell, Dean Furman, Aaron Hayden, they're all at it, mate. Yeah, really interesting, isn't it, how, how it all works, really? Again, another interesting aspect is the fact that you know, next week, Wrexham players will begin pre-season training. Interesting to see if there'll be any trialists there. I know we won't really see them, but they might be getting a look over. You might see some trading picks. There might be some blurry images of players we don't quite recognise. We'll have to get the detective work underway. But it, yeah, it's starting to slowly come together now isn't it the US tour's getting closer we've got the fixtures we can start planning those days and yeah it's going to be fascinating Nathan you mentioned earlier then as well Tom O'Connor everyone is sort of giving conflicting stuff on us at the moment there was a lot of hype on social media in the week I still don't quite know where that's come from there was talk of a 1.2 million pound bid Parkey dismissed that interest I spoke to someone at Coventry who said he'd not heard anything really of a firm interest from their side is just one player they're they're looking at but you know there's so much mitigation for them having just missed out on the Premier League and you know their entire sort of ownership model as well I believe Nathan you've also been digging around and all sounds like it might be a bit of hot air certainly interest maybe from Coventry's side Tom O'Connor will definitely want to progress his career at some point but certainly not pushing for a move or agitating at this stage anyway I think the first thing to say is Tom O'Connor wants to play internationally for Ireland. So that's tricky to do in League Two. Well, it's just tricky to get the recognition to do that, which I, I totally understand. I totally appreciate We saw that with Mullin, didn't we? Right, right. And Rob Page completely dismissed that. And look how well that went. I'm not saying Mullin would have been the answer, but let's not get sidetracked on on Wales's uh, horrendous international break against Armenia and Turkey. Um, but yeah, so he's keen to play internationally. I think Coventry, I mean, he scored against Coventry, scored in that great away day for us, header and the kind of bird celebration. Um, but, you know, so I'm sure he impressed, caught the eye. I thought he played well that day alongside Lee. I mean, at sources close to the player that I spoke to, I spoke to two sources close to the player, and, and they both said that it was not on their radar at all. Um, you know, they and Tom are looking forward to going out to the States, they're planning to be there to meet him in California. They're very much looking forward to the tour, looking forward um, to getting back into it. I know he's been um, keeping himself fit and doing some drills and all that sort of stuff. So it doesn't sound like there's been a bid or there's been. Um, I mean, look, I, I don't want to. I don't want to kind of 
stomp on anyone else's sources and, and say it's, it's definitively not true. Parky was very firm in, in saying it's not true. He's not going to come out and say it is, I don't think. So there is always that little bit of kidology. But I believe him in this instance, just based on my own conversations. I mean, at the moment, yeah, I was told, look, the the, the chatter of he's gone and waving him off and all the best is, 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 not, is not accurate and... Um, is all a bit hot air. But I think as well, Rich, I think everyone's desperate for a bit of news. Incomings, outgoings, fixtures. It's just this insatiable appetite to read things about Wrexham and know things. And you're seeing other clubs make so I also as well, Nath, that you know, yeah. approaches of element of cautious because myself and Nath are behind the magician's cloth, really, here as journalists who work in the football realm. That The interest in Wrexham is social media-wise now in terms of SEO and search traffic is up there with Premier League teams. And every website now does rips of Wrexham transfer rumours or will link Wrexham with players because, you know, working like I do, and I say this a lot, I'm sorry to go on about it, but when I cover Man United, they are linked with more players than anyone every single year because if you want to sell a player, link them to Man United. It will get you attention, it will get you search traffic. And even if United have no interest in a player, other teams will be made aware that United are in for him. And it's going to be the same with Wrexham this year. Wrexham will be linked with hundreds and hundreds of players we will sign three or four and you've got to take it all with a pinch of salt don't believe it all so much there might be interest but there's a very different sort of there is a big difference between being interested in a player and wanting to sign them you can be interested in in someone but they might not feel the same way do you know what I mean like you've got to you've got to I feel that I felt like I felt like that's I feel like that's somewhat personal to me but I feel like you looked at me there as if to say you know what I'm saying yeah, I feel like you're it thinking, it looked at me. You gave me a look to say, you know, when you're interested in someone that doesn't like you back. There you go. Um, but my my letter to play for Rex and Parky didn't didn't respond, so maybe that's what you mean. But no, I he think I think no, I didn't say no. <laughs> I think I I think there are ones like Alfie May. We said it before. I think there is legitimate interest in him. Why would there not be? Curtis Main up at Saint Mirren. I'm not so sure. I did reach out to to people in his camp. Didn't get a response on that. So we we never know. Nick Powell, I think there probably is interest in him. You know, clearly a talented Why player isn't it? on his day. I mean, he's but, but, Man United. But, he... Right, right. And it, and was and I spoke to someone at Stoke, and they said if he can keep him fit, being the big word, he'll be an absolute baller in League Two. Like he will be unbelievable. But he probably only plays twenty five games because his body breaks down. You know, when the wind blows. So all all these different things, mate. And and at the end of the day, Wrexham are only going to want to sign players that are as good as or better than what they've got. So let's just say you're trying to get a midfielder. You're trying to get better than Andy Cannon, who came down from the championship, Elliot Lee, Tom O'Connor. I mean, you're going to have to go some to beat that as it stands. you know. And, and then you've got good depth players in James Jones, um, Luke Young, you know, and Jordan Davis to be pushing to get in there again. You know, there's, it's, it's not easy for Wrexham. That's why Phil Parkinson is saying, we can be patient, we will be patient, because you've got to get quality. And quality comes at a price, and the negotiations are always much more drawn out and not super straightforward so I've, I've got total faith that even if we go into the season with this squad against MK Dons bring it on no one will want to play Rex in this season bring it on I think that is probably the best place to end this week's podcast of Rob Ryan Red brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development of course the Talk Sport sponsorship partnership that we mentioned last week um, as always massive shout out to Rex and Base Band Hypnotic as well but yeah Nath it feels like things are starting to move and we'll be back here all summer to bring you the updates as they come and go. And yeah, this is exciting now, isn't it? Really exciting. Yeah, very exciting. And finally, go and vote if it's not too late already. Go and vote for your player of the season, women's player of the season, young player of the season. I've lodged my vote for Sam Dolby to win young player of the season. You can also read our version of awards on robryanred.com. And we gave our full reasons there a couple of weeks ago. So if you've missed that, go check that out. But Awards season, the tour is super close. Rich, I'm very excited. I'm very excited as well. Thank you very much. Take care and we'll see you again next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. All the delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.